The first section of Psalms has been called the Genesis Psalms. They help us to realize that every good thing begins with God. The Psalms provide a roadmap for the journey ahead. In them, we learn to bring every emotion and experience of life into the presence of God. Join Scott Pauley now as we study God's Word together. In our world, it is very easy to get consumed with the news cycle. I mean, honestly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it seems like we are just inundated constantly by evil. I remember years ago watching the news one night, turning it on, and one of our children, who was very young at the time, said, oh great, more bad news. And I thought to myself, it was comical, but it was sad. Because the truth of the matter is, that's exactly what we get, just lots of bad news. That doesn't mean you can always get away from that. But I want to say, if you're a child of God, you should never be more consumed with the bad news than you are with the good news of our God. In fact, our world is really longing for some good news today. In Psalm 36, David shows us both. He gives us the right perspective on living in an evil world, surrounded by wicked people, and yet keeping your eyes on God. We don't know exactly when David wrote it, but I do love the title that's given to Psalm 36. The inscription there says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? It doesn't say the giant killer. It doesn't say the king of Israel. It doesn't say the sweet psalmist. It says the servant of the Lord. I don't think there's anything any greater that could be said of any person than that that man, that woman, simply served the Lord. And that's the great need in our day-to-day -day for people just to keep serving God. So listen to Psalm 36. It breaks itself in three parts. First of all, in the first four verses, he gives a description of the world around him. He says, The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. I don't know about you. That sounds a lot like the world that we're living in. Uh, some things don't change, and one of them is sin. Sin is always awful. It always gets worse. In fact, some of these verses in Psalm 36 are directly quoted in Romans chapter number 1 because it's a description of a wicked world apart from God. In verse number 1, you have a picture of their heart. There's no fear of God. That's the root issue. In verse number 2, you have their eyes. and they, they look at things through their own pride. They flatter themselves. In verse 3, you have their mouth full of iniquity and deceit, full of lies. And then in verse 4, you have the private places of their life. The Bible says they devise mischief upon their bed. That's in the secret chamber. That's where nobody goes. It's in the dark of the night. The imagination of man's heart, only evil continually. By the way, in the Psalms, David makes much of what he's going to do upon his bed. He's going to worship God. He's going to pray. He's going to praise. You can tell a lot about a man by what he thinks about in the quiet moments when he's by himself and left alone. And so here is a picture of the wicked world we're living in. And then, just out of nowhere it seems, in verse 5, he totally shifts direction. 
He says now, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. So and now he takes his eyes purposefully off of men and puts them on God. Oh, that's a good idea for all of us. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. That's why the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And that expression, looking unto Jesus, literally means to consciously take your eyes off of one thing and fix them on something else. So take your eyes off the news today and get your eyes on Scripture. Take your eyes off the complaining and grumbling around you and put your eyes on prayer and praise. Take your eyes off of men and fix your eyes on the Lord. And so beginning in verse number 5, he begins to rehearse who God is, just who God is. And from verse 5 down to verse number 9, you have a beautiful list of so many of the perfect attributes of our God. Listen to them. Verse 5, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. He's talking about the greatness of God's mercy. I mean, it's so big that earth can't even hold it. So you have God's mercy. And then in verse 5, And thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. It means there's no end to His faithfulness. So beyond what you can see, God is faithful. Verse 6, Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. The mountains don't move. Uh, the mountains don't change. They are fixed. They are solid. They're staying there. He says God's righteousness is never going to be moved. And then he says in verse 6, Thy judgments are great deep. It's a reference to God's wisdom. You can go to the bottom of the ocean, and uh, yet you never reach the bottom of God's wisdom. They're like a great deep. O Lord, Thou preservest man and beast. Verse 7, how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. And there's an exclamation point there. David's getting excited. I hope you're excited about your God still. I hope you're still glad you serve the one true and living God. So in verse 7, it is his loving kindness. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Verse 8, they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. So now watch. You have God's mercy, God's faithfulness, God's righteousness, God's judgment, God's loving kindness, and now God's pleasures. Notice the plural. See, this world, they offer some pleasures, but the pleasure of sin lasts only for a season. But David will write in another place that at God's right hand, there is joy and there are pleasures forevermore. Now, friend, the thing about God's pleasure is that God's pleasure never has an end. Sin gives all of its pleasure at the beginning, and it's all downhill from there. But God always saves the best for last. We're going to God's house someday, friend, and in God's house we're going to drink of the river of His pleasures. Read the end of the book. Read Revelation 21 and 22. You'll see what I'm talking about. We're going to be with God forever. We have much to look forward to. And then in verse 9, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. And so you have thy mercy, thy faithfulness, thy righteousness, thy judgments, thy loving kindness, thy pleasures, and now thy light. And what an appropriate one to end on because our God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Can you see the, the stark contrast that he's painting here? In verses 1 through 4, there is a painting of darkness. But in verses 5 through 9, there is a picture of light because that's who our God is. He is the God who is greater than all. He is never tainted by the darkness of this world. So stop getting so consumed with the darkness around you and look at the light above you, the light within you, the light of your God. I love that he connects life and light. God wants our life to be full of light. And so he ends 
the third section, verses 10 through 12, with a prayer. God's Word should always lead us to prayer, so here's His prayer. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. He does two things in his prayer. First of all, he commits others to God. He says, God, you take care of them. You take care of the evil workers. You take care of the enemy. You take care of the devil. Let the Lord take care of all that today. And then not only does he commit them to God, he commits himself to God. He says to the Lord, Lord, I know you. I'm going to keep an upright heart, and I'm going to ask you to just keep showing me your loving kindness. Friend, commit others to God and commit yourself to God today and rest in the fact that the God who is light is not dismayed at the darkness. You may be a little discouraged, but God's not discouraged. No, He knows exactly what He's doing and what He's about to do. Get your eyes off this world and back on the Lord. I promise you, you'll find some joy and encouragement there today. Thank you for studying the Psalms with us. It is our sincere hope that you will spend time in God's Word today, finding divine direction and real encouragement for the road ahead. Visit scottpauley.org to download your free copy of a ready reference of the Psalms, along with other helpful resources for your Christian life. We would love to hear from you, and we look forward to having you with us again on the next Enjoying the Journey. Thank you.